Today is Good Friday, a day for the commemoration of the death of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And now think about it, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples, today is a very sober day. As a disciple, you have been following Jesus for the last three years. You have spent day and night with Him. You have eaten meals with Him. You have watched Him interact with all kinds of different people. And you have been listening to His teaching for this three years. Never once have you seen Him sin in His speech. You have never witnessed Him in an inappropriate relationship. You have never heard Him take the Lord's name in vain. You've never heard Him blaspheme. You've never heard Him gossip, doubt, or offer a word of anxiety. Now, you had had hopes that He was the Messiah, the one who would overthrow the Roman Empire and instill the kingdom of God on earth, but then He starts to talk about His death. The fact that He's going to die. Now, Peter had rebuked Him for saying that, but none of you really understood what that meant. For how could the Messiah, who was to come in the power of God, who was to be established on David's throne forever, how could He be defeated or put to death? But here, you're watching it. Jesus was put through a sham trial. He was accused of crimes that He did not commit. And ultimately, He was sentenced to death because the crowds called for Barabbas, a known murderer, instead of Jesus to be released. You watch as He is being subjected to the most gruesome punishment that the Roman government could conceive of. The Romans devised the crucifixion to be so extraordinarily painful and so utterly humiliating that it would deter anyone who would consider committing the same sorts of crimes that these criminals had. And so you watch as Jesus is stripped naked by the Romans, as He's spat upon and mocked by the crowds. The very crowds that He had fed and that He had healed were now turning on Him like dogs. He was taken by the Romans and he was scourged as the flesh was torn from his back with a vicious whips as the crowds continued to jeer and to mock. Forty times they lashed him. And then they bound him to a big wooden cross. And you watch as he is forced to drag this cross through the streets of Jerusalem. You watch as He stumbles and falls under the weight of the cross. And you watch as the Romans force someone from the crowd to assist Him because He is too weak to carry it. Slowly, He carries His cross to Golgotha, to the place of His death. The Roman guards then spike Him to the cross, driving nails through His hands, through His feet, and then they lift Him up so that Jesus is elevated above the crowd so that everyone can watch as He suffers a horrifying death in utter disgrace. This perfect man is being brutalized as a vile criminal for crimes that He did not commit. Now as a disciple, what would have been running through your mind? Hopelessness, despair, anxiety that you're next. Remember that fear drove Peter to deny Christ three times. And yet, friends, here we are 2,000 years later commemorating this horrendous atrocity and celebrating it. And so this is the question that we want to ask tonight. What is Christ's death all about? And the answer is our main point this evening. 
Christ bore the curse of the law so that we can be reconciled to God. Again, Christ bore the curse of the law so that we can be reconciled to God. And so this is where we pick up in our narrative after Christ has already been hanging on the cross for three hours. He was crucified at about 9 a.m., and now it's noon. Mark records, if you look at verse 33. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So for three hours, darkness falls over the land. This was prophesied by the prophet Amos. He writes, And on that day, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head. I will make it like the morning for an only son and the end of it like a bitter day. Amos is prophesying about the judgment that was to come upon Israel because of the sins of the people. They had broken the covenant. They had warranted the curses. And now Amos is saying, this is what it will be like when you are cursed. God has given us His Word. He has given us His commandments. And because He is our Creator, we owe Him obedience. And yet we fall short at every single point. None of us loves the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. None of us truly loves our neighbor as ourselves. We are all lawbreakers. And because God is a just judge, He cannot overlook lawbreaking. All sin results in judgment. We all stand under the just judgment of God because of our sin. And yet Jesus Christ, who never broke the law of God, who never sinned against God, is bearing the just judgment of God prophesied by Amos. He is bearing the judgment that adulterers and thieves and liars and blasphemers deserve because we, His people, are guilty of such things. We were cursed under the law. Jesus did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that call was not an empty promise. Jesus called because Jesus could offer the help that no one else could offer. Jesus could offer real forgiveness for our sins and reconciliation with God because Jesus Himself would pay the penalty that we deserve. Jesus Himself would bear the curse that we had warranted because of our sin. So what is Christ's death all about? It is about God's providing a substitute to take our sin and guilt and to put it to death as He Himself is put to death. Christ bore the curse of the law so that we can be reconciled to God. During this whole crucifixion, Jesus is bearing the just judgment of God in His body and in His soul. Feeling the weight of the judgment of God and utterly forsaken, Christ calls out. Look with me at verses 34 through 37. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The crowds who have not understood who Jesus is or what he taught now misunderstand him again. As they think he is saying, Eli, Eli, calling on the prophet Elijah, they do not hear him saying, Eloi, Eloi, my God, my God. But it is to God that Jesus Christ calls. Even in the midst of this horrendous death, even under the just judgment of God for sins that he did not commit, Jesus does not lose faith. He does not lose hope. Jesus recites the beginning of Psalm 22, which is followed by this beautiful refrain. The psalmist writes, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Jesus was crushed. Jesus was smitten. Jesus was stricken by God. In His flesh, He felt separated from God. He felt accursed. And yet, He cries out to God for help, knowing that He is enduring this for great and abounding joy. And with a loud cry, Jesus dies. Now, death is usually the end of the story. But Jesus' death is quite different. Jesus, the innocent one, did not die because He deserved it, but He died because we deserve it. Jesus died the death that we could not die. The Apostle Paul says that the wages of sin is death, and because our sin is against an infinite God, the penalty is infinite. We do not have the ability to satisfy the justice of God. Even our own death is not enough. As Paul says, those who do not know the Lord will suffer eternal destruction away from His presence. We cannot even pay our own sins, let alone the sins of others. We need someone to die in our place, but as we survey the mass of humanity, there is not one righteous, no, not one. We all stand accused and justly condemned before God, and we need God Himself to save us from our sins because no one else can. And God has provided. Jesus Christ died the death that we could not die. He died a death that actually brought resolution and reconciliation. A death that brought about the very end of death. Look at verse 38. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The curtain of the temple separated the holy place from the holy of holies. Now the holy of holies was the place where the ark of the covenant resided, where the very presence and the glory of God was with Israel. That curtain signified the separation of God and man. You see, no one was allowed to enter the holy of holies except the high priest, and that was only once a year. The high priest had to bathe to cleanse himself. He had to kill an animal to atone for his own sins before he could enter the Holy of Holies to make atonement for the sins of the people. The curtain signified that God was separated from man because of man's sin. If men were to trespass into the presence of God, they would be consumed by the fire of God's holiness. The Israelites knew this well as they were commanded to offer animal after animal in, in sacrificial atonement. Rivers of blood flowed from the temple day after day, and yet no true or lasting forgiveness was to be found. There was no access to the Holy of Holies. From man's position, 
there was no way to make things right with God. God had to intervene. God had to step in. And here in verse 38, we see that He does. Through the rending of Christ's body, the curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies was rent in two from the top to the bottom, signifying that the way had been opened by God and not by man. This opening of the Holy of Holies was by God's initiative alone through God's gracious provision of His Son. And now reconciliation with God is possible. We now have access to His presence through the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that is what Jesus' death is all about. Because Jesus Christ bore the curse of the law, we can be reconciled to God. Through the death of Christ, we now can have true forgiveness. Through the death of Christ, we now have access to the presence of God. Through the death of Christ, we can now boldly approach the throne of God's grace. Brothers and sisters, this is what we're here for tonight. To commemorate this glorious death. That our beloved Lord took our sin and that He ran straight into the fire of God's consuming wrath so that we can be cleansed of our sins. And it's free. The greatest gift in the universe, true joy, true satisfaction in the presence of God is available to us by faith alone in Christ alone. Jesus Christ has paid everything necessary. There is nothing left for us to do. Atonement has been made. So Christians, tonight and this weekend, rest in the peace of God. Rest in the forgiveness of your sins. Rest in Jesus Christ's finished work on your behalf. Rest in the fact that we no longer have anything to fear in life or death because our hope is the eternal presence of our triune God. Christ accomplished the reconciliation that we could not accomplish. And even still, this is not the end of the story. Look at the testimony of the garden, verse 39. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. This man, the centurion, was converted on the spot. He has beheld the death of Jesus Christ. He witnessed the scorning. He witnessed the mocking. He witnessed the humiliation. He knew that only the worst criminals were subjected to such punishment. He watched Jesus die, and then he declares, truly, this man was the Son of God. The centurion standing directly in front of Christ sees the cross of Christ and believes that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And if you were with us this evening and you've never put your faith in Christ, tonight we have beheld the death of Christ in His Word. You have seen that the only way to true forgiveness And reconciliation with God is through the death of Jesus Christ. We all deserve the judgment of God for our sins, but God has provided the way for reconciliation. God has provided the way that justice can be satisfied and that our guilt can be cleansed. This is available to all who would freely, who would receive. Just call out for grace and mercy. Brothers and sisters, as we spend the rest of the evening and weekend meditating, on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that the crucifixion should have been you. That death should have been yours, indeed would have been yours, if not for our beloved Lord Jesus Christ. So let's worship Him 
please pray with me.